Hello, and welcome to Just a Girl from the South Bronx podcast hosted by me, Crystal Richards. Thank you so much for tuning in to my very first episode. I'm glad that you are here with me and which you will be listening to me every single Wednesday as I post new episodes on all podcast streaming devices, all podcast platforms for you. And so you may be wondering who is Crystal Richards and why the name of the title? So judging by, by the title, I was born and raised in the Bronx specifically the South Bronx. And so I'm an only child. Now, before you even go there, yes, I have accepted that I've been spoiled. People try to use that, oh, they're spoiled when they're the only child. And I used to kind of get offended by it because it, it kind of seemed a little bit like a jab, like, oh, like, do you, you know, like, do you really deserve all those things or do you, should you really get, it's like that weird kind of undertone with the, with spoil, basically saying that you pretty much get everything that you want. And that's not true. Even as an only child, I did not get everything I want. Some things I did, some things I didn't. That That's just how I was raised by my parents. And so as a kid, I was into all kinds of artsy things, especially like drawing and painting so much that I asked I asked for an art set for Christmas like an actual art set where I can do like watercolor painting and stuff like that so I was always into that kind of stuff even with drawing cartoons and just a little fun fact about me the first cartoon that I in fact ever drew was Static Shock and that's like a throwback cartoon for people who had that channel what it used to be called what wb back in the day now it's like been remixed and revamped and as what we know now is i think the cw so yes when it used to be wb back in the day that was like my very first cartoon so i was a bit of a nerd when it came to that kind of stuff i also grew up as a tomboy so I wasn't really into the whole wearing dresses thing. Definitely was not a fan of wearing pink. So if I could get my hands on shorts and a t-shirt or jeans and a shirt and some sneakers, I was good to go. That, <laughs> that was me in a nutshell. Growing up as an only child and then being a tomboy, and then having to wear glasses because of my poor eyesight. Um, of course, that's a recipe for getting teased, especially for, about the glasses part. I was getting teased for wearing glasses. Also for being considered like a good girl in a sense, meaning that I was always following the rules as a kid. I wasn't really like a disobedient child. I wouldn't disobey my teachers, like that kind of thing. I was heavy into the books. I loved reading and writing. Um, and those were like, like my favorite things to do at school. Um, and so, but mainly I got teased just, just off the strength of wearing glasses. So I remember there was a situation one time I'm, I'm going way, way back. I know this show is mainly about the things I've experienced in my 20s, but you'll hear little trinkets here and there about things that I've actually went through in my childhood too and how it ties back into my 20s. 
and how it now ties back into my 30s. So I remember I was bullied a lot, like in grade school. Um, so much so that if you've ever seen the movie, I hope you have, <laughs> A Christmas Story, where you see the main character, Ralphie, he's always getting picked on by these um, bullies. And I can't remember the character's names, but he he's always getting picked on by these bullies in school until one day he just snapped. That was me. <laughs> I was so tired of getting bullied by these set of twins. Um, and they will always try to like, I, I think with the twins, one of them wasn't as bad, but there was another one who was like really bad with it. And it was constantly teasing me, calling me names, all kinds of stuff. So I turned into Ralphie one particular day. I just snapped. I couldn't take it anymore. It was one of those things where I remember after school, a whole crowd gathered. Next thing you know, I saw him, I saw red and I charged after him <laughs> until, until there had to be a couple of people that, that, um, that had to pull me off of him. That's how bad it was. Y'all like, I, I'm not that now I, I don't condone violence, but <laughs> I can see how, um, kids when they're, when they're on, uh, on the smaller side, cause I was, I was a skinny girl. So when they're on the smaller side and then you're wearing glasses and then they see you as this quiet, shy, nerdy type, oh, you are a super target at school. So when I snapped, I guess they weren't expecting me to do that. And that's what happened because of that. Being an only child meant that I had to, and this is for other people out there who who are also the title of the only child or an only child. And maybe most, you know, some of y'all can relate to this, but with being an only child, I've had to constantly um, defend myself a lot of the times. It's not like I had a brother or a sister or, any, or anything like that to go to and say, hey, I'm being teased, I'm being picked on. Can you handle that for me real quick? <laughs> it wasn't like that. So it was one of those things where I had to constantly defend myself all the time. So that was kind of like what my my experience was in a nutshell um, during grade school. So how that translated in terms of being an only child, because there's been times where I've been questioned where people will say, well, do you, would you have wanted a brother or sister? Honestly, I wouldn't have mind wanting a brother or a sister, but because I was so used to being an only child, I really never gave it a second thought. I was just like, well, if my parents decide to have another kid together, then, you know, that's on them. But I like being an only child. I, I have no issues with that. So with the only child syndrome, it, I feel like it, it, transcends into and i'm not sure if i'm using the right word but i feel like when you are becoming an adult or when you are an adult i feel like it translates to having to do for self pretty much 100 of the time so with that it's like you become highly independent and you don't necessarily need to have like a large group of friends to do things with, let's say like go to the mall or go to the movies and stuff like that. So because I grew up without any siblings, I was so used to doing activities at home by myself, 
um, or, or sometimes going to places as I got older by myself that I became so immune, so, so used to it that if a person, if a friend of mine wanted to tag along, then I say, all right, cool, join me. Other than that, I was cool in my own little solitude. Now, that's not to say that I didn't make friends in the neighborhood that I would consider like a brother or a sister. Matter of fact, my next door neighbors, which was, let me see, how many girls total? It was three girls and one boy. <laughs> and we used to hang out all the time. And then I had a cousin who lived right across the street from me. She was a little older. And so sometimes I would hang out with her too. And then whoever other like neighborhood kids that was around. So those were like, you know, friends that I can play with on a regular basis outside. And, and this is like, I'm just showing my age right now. But when I say playing outside, I'm talking like, and this is when we talk about when we young, I'm talking like red light, green light, double, du double dutch was my thing. It was my thing. <laughs> so we had double dutch, red light, green light, like any kind of street game you could think of. Basically, back then, our parents was trying to keep us out of the house during the summer. They were just like, all right, like, you just go and play outside. Like, I don't want you in this house burning up my AC, burning, burning up the electricity all day, eating up all the food. Hey, that's how parents were back in the day. So they were just like, all right, you just stay out of the street. When you're playing, stay on the sidewalk and you be safe and don't get in trouble. That was kind of like my parents' like mantra. That was that was like especially my mom that was like her her thing with us like don't play on the street let me not catch you playing on the street moving on <laughs> y'all i'm just gonna dig a little deep for y'all dig a little deep so this is how you know like i was an unusual kid <laughs> i remember it because even sometimes me and my mom we sit back and we laugh on the story so it's about five years old I remember going to the to the drugstore um, with my mom, and this was like dead of winter too. I remember because it, it was super cold. And I went into the drugstore, and I happened to see some nail polish. I took my little grubby hands, grabbed that polish. <laughs> my little grubby hands grabbed that polish and put it in my pocket, and I went out the store. But this is where I said that I knew I was an unusual kid. When we got home, I remember my mom being on the phone. And when we got settled in, in the apartment and I looked at the bottle of nail polish, I just kept staring at it. Then I kept staring at the door. And then I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if the police come and find me? <laughs> so I told on myself by telling my mama, uh, ma, and I was crying, ma, I stole some, I stole some nail polish at the store. I don't want to get in trouble. Mind you, I said my mama was on the phone, right? So she says, girl, let me call you back. <laughs> we put on our coats, go back in that freezing cold, go back to the drugstore. She tells the security guard, hey, my daughter happened to take some nail polish um, from the store. I was underwear, blah, blah, blah. Then she made me apologize to the security guard. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sitting here with tears down my face saying, yeah, I won't do it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's how I know I was an unusual kid. I had a guilty conscience at five years old.
So, um, we're going to go back a little bit to the bullying. I know I'm kind of like going a little bit all over, but that's, that's what you're going to find a little bit from my episodes. You might find a little bit of the scattered energy. So I want you to brace yourself and be prepared for it. This is, this is kind of like how I am in a nutshell. <laughs> so going back to, um, just a little bit touching on the bullying. So the bullying, um, how it translated into adulthood is that it basically shaped me to not have anyone use something against me. So remember I said that I, basically I was a four-eyed kid. I, I still am. I'm a four-eyed adult and I'm not ashamed of it. And yes, I basically say that to say that I didn't want anyone to use something against me. And so if I found that like uh, a school, f a, a person who was trying to get to know me, a kid or, or whatever was trying to get to know me. And if they weren't genuine, I wouldn't talk to them on any kind of level. I would simply just ignore them. Like if you were part of the bullying train, then I wouldn't even want to associate myself with you. So when I say I don't want it to be where someone could use something against me, I think that also translated to maintaining a sense of privacy. Um, as far as how much I disclose to friends and family members and even co-workers and how often I choose to do it. Um, so I think that kind of shaped me into how I have relationships with people. Now, my all of these experiences um, in New York, it actually influenced me to write my first children's book. So I guess you could say I'm a self-published author. <laughs> and so, yes, I wrote my first children's book based off of, loosely based off of the experiences um, that I've had growing up um, in New York. And so I'm trying to get, I'm trying to paint a picture for y'all so y'all can kind of see the type of energy that I'm giving you, uh, the experiences that I've had, and hopefully there may be someone out there who can totally relate or someone who's getting a good laugh out of this. I don't know. So, um, I didn't date much like, or even just, you know, a boyfriend in my teenage years and my high school years. I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, cause like I said, I was considered a nerd. So you have a, a, a black girl who's on a skinny side and is wearing glasses and is into reading books and writing and is into drawing, like stuff like that. I was considered a nerd. So of course yeah. <laughs> um, and I say nerd too, because I was into like books and going to the museums and spending time at the libraries, like legit nerd. So, so much so that I didn't have, this is another fun fact. I didn't have my very first boyfriend until my first year in college. I know like first, yeah, I was a very late bloomer <laughs> in terms of learning about dating and relationships and stuff like that. So I literally had to kind of learn as I go. Now, just to take a step back, you may be wondering, well, where does my dad fit in this? Well, my dad was, uh, I think like most dads, when they have, uh, uh, when they're a girl dad, um, they want to be protective of them. They want to make sure that and back in the day, the words that my dad used was, I don't want you hanging around some of these knucklehead boys. That was him. And I remember he always, in a playful way, he never did it. So let me just say that disclaimer. He never did it. But 
he will always make a little joke here and there like yeah if he act up i'm gonna hit him with this two by four i remember he always used to threaten just telling me he never told any of the any of the guys that just happened to be around if it was like some sort of like gathering of friends at his home and maybe his friends had kids or something close to my age he never threatened them threatened the boys directly but he will always tell me yeah i got a two i got a two by four for them if, if they do something i don't like so <laughs> that was my dad and because i had my first boyfriend in my first year in college um i think how looking back looking on it now i think this is translated to translated into finding about heart heartache first before finding out about love i know it's crazy it's like i didn't have that puppy love first i actually had heartache first which is it's just unfortunate but you know the relationship just didn't work out like most relationships in college unless if unless you're like the rare few that you've actually been together with your college sweetheart um for years on end so there's that i've had crushes on boys you know throughout my younger years but because i was uh, a nerd of that sort um they probably just weren't really attracted to me in that way maybe you saw me like on a friend level and i would say with with my first relationship it being my first year in college and then me being a nerd so i wasn't really like axed out on dates and stuff like that even even throughout my high school years i was never asked out on a date never um and this is not to say that i didn't have a complex about relationships per se but growing up as a black nerd i had in my mind i seemed to be placed in the friend zone a lot now men love to say that oh girls and women you know y'all really don't be placed in the friend zone yes we do we we trust and believe we do get placed in the friend zone if we don't look a certain way or if we don't act a certain way then we automatically get placed in the friend zone and that that was me in a nutshell throughout most of my preteen and teenage years i really didn't start quote unquote getting attention per se from 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 guys until i reached until i reached college now this is not a a woe it's me kind of moment but it's interesting that the same quirkiness that was appreciated on a friend level never was appreciated in terms of the boyfriend girlfriend dynamic hence why i was you know the the four-eyed black nerd <laughs> so over the years i have embraced this quirkiness side to me but because i, I over the years i have accepted this i have actually adapted the mindset now i like those who like me plain and simple you you, you can't you can't can't get more simplified than that and it's a true statement over the years i i kind of like like you know what i like those who like me if you don't like me that is too bad because there will there will be someone else who will so i will definitely say because i was the quiet shy reserve type when i was much younger my confidence definitely increased not to say that i had low self-esteem but my confidence definitely increased over the years into my 20s and definitely definitely into my 30s so that phrase i like those who like me is something that i still carry with me to this day 
I guess that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, this, this is just kind of like all of this stuff that I've just given you is just, just, I guess you could say just the tip of the iceberg because we, we're going to dive deep in some of the episodes and I'm, I'm also going to share with you some embarrassing stories that I maybe on some level you can relate to, um, even at my big age now. But I hope, you know, with the purpose of this show, I'm hoping that, you know, you'll find my stories relatable, you'll find it funny, you'll find it inspiring. I'm also hoping that I can share my wisdom with you, the lessons that I've learned over the years, and maybe in some way, shape or form, it can help you too. In some, maybe in an episode or two, it may feel like a therapy session and it's only because I'm at this, this space right now, spiritually, where I want to be better than what I was last year or two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I want to be able to have fresh perspectives. I want to be able to essentially look at things with new eyes. And I want to be at that place where spiritually I feel aligned, like mind, body, spirit. Like I'm uh, sure of the choices that, I've, that I'm making, that I am okay with the decisions that I am making or will be making, um, that I am comfortable in my own skin around anyone regardless, that I am continuing to grow and evolve as a human and that I hope that with these experiences that I will share with you all in future episodes, I, like I said, I just hope to in, in, inspire you all. I really do. And so, and you may hear a lot of like pop culture references from time to time because I watch a lot of TV. That That's just me. I watch a lot of Black films and TV shows. Um, I watch other other shows too, but my main like go-tos are usually like black films and TV shows. And like I said, I, I want this to be, I want this show to be as authentic to me while also being authentic to you as possible. And I'm glad that you are here with me to share this journey with me. So this was just going to be an introduction episode. And like I've said, um, I'll be posting new episodes. Or if I didn't say it, I'll mention it now. <laughs> I'll be posting new episodes every Wednesday on various uh, streaming platforms. And so, like I said, thank you for tuning into my very first episode. I wanted to give y'all a little introduction. And hopefully you were able to... to know a little bit more about me and that you're willing willing to continue on this journey with me so until next time take care